Hey everyone, it's Tom here. Welcome back to Alpha Metallica. Welcome back to another episode. If you're not familiar with the show, then when it began many, many years ago and Hardwired just came out and I was a much younger man, I set out to tackle every single Metallica song that was released up to that point. And, you know, I did actually do that. Again, it's not like a, you know, it's not like Everest or anything like that or winning Jeopardy Masters or something, but still it's it's something that I was proud of. And it's something that I definitely enjoy doing and wanting to return to doing. And, you know, if unless you've been living under a rock or a hard rock or whatever, then you might not be aware of uh, 72 Seasons just dropping. But Metallica are back and we are back tackling the songs. And in a way, we are celebrating Alf Metallica, if you don't mind me. You know, I'm bringing back guests that I've had on, uh, you know, of people who do podcasts that I admire as well. And, you know, using that as a jumping off point, of course, getting into the songs as well. So go back and check out all the old songs. Go back and check out all the old episodes. And today, you know, my guy here, and I mean this respectfully, was probably the first, like, Metal Like Your Podcast spin-off. Like, that whole history is is fascinating to me, and I'm a small part of it. Brad Blazik. Brad B, how's it going? Hello, Tom. It's going, it's going good. Thank you for having me again. Oh, no, of course. And, you know, I was just saying beforehand... For some reason, in my head, we'd done loads of episodes together, but we just did Helpless, which was a great episode, but a long yeah, time. Yeah, I could have swore we've, we've done two together besides this one today, yeah. but I guess not. I mean, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the reason I probably think that is because I used to listen to so much of your podcast, yeah. and as I mentioned before, Metal Your Podcast is how I discovered you, and obviously I was being a little tongue-in-cheek there, but I think it's fair to say that, if I remember correctly... Clint's friend wasn't it the the other host uh, of the podcast right yeah Brad Lyons and Brad Lyons sorry the other Brad yeah, yeah. And, and you were introduced via Clint and that's how you started the pole jump right yep yeah is I that, guess is that is that as strong as Metallica is that still going like I haven't really caught up on the history yeah no we um we're kind of on hiatus right now is probably the best best okay. way to put it <laughs> was it a saint anger like ending or is it more civil or... <laughs> no very civil brad and i are still no no brad lines and i are still good friends there's there's no there yeah, was no yeah, drama yeah. it was uh no no it, there wasn't. it was uh you just kind of covid happened and our work schedules got kind of crazy and you you know this i mean it's hard to come it up is. with content week after week after week and that was that was a big part of it too is to because i i don't i don't want to just like fake it or phone it in you know what's eddie vetter's favorite color that's a that could be that could be an episode and i didn't (laughs) i think the live on four legs guys have done that (laughs) like but i I love them as well and you're so right yeah you have to you have to be like them and that is an amazing podcast So I mentioned Clint before, and of course I love Clint. I want to mention him on the show. You know, Clint Wells, musician extraordinaire, Metallica podcaster, etc. And the reason that I bring him in particular today is not because, as I say, he had a helping hand in single podcast. Right. Go listen back to the archive. He was on it many, many times. But um, I met him just the other day. I'm recording this on Monday, the 22nd of May. Uh, I met him just on the Saturday past. He, he was kind enough to gift me a ticket to a Morgan Way concert where she was effectively co-headlining at the Royal Albert Hall you know, the legendary London venue. And obviously Morgan Wade is just a supernova of a star at the moment and a great performer as well, the second time that I've seen her. And and, and she's obviously fantastic and Clint is as well. But but yeah, Clint Clint hooked me up, you know. He he got me, I got the ticket and you know how normally it's like stall and it's like row G, you know, seat whatever. This was like Logia 5, seat 2. And I was like, what the, what's a Logia? Logia, you know. And a Logia is like a very fancy... 
you know, like where the king and queen would watch your performance, oh, or right. like, you know, Zorro would like descend or whatever. So, uh, you know, so Clint hooked me up there. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, terrific night. And the reason that I want to immortalize it here because I'm sure he's going to tell his own road stories on the show. You all listen to Battle of Your Podcast, but he might not mention this one. <laughs> so Morgan. <laughs> You know what? I, what I really like actually about um, Morgan and Clint's show is they have great stage patter between themselves, between the audience. You know, and it's just improv and it's very natural. And Morgan was giving her flowers to Clint, and then she basically embarrassed him on the spot, saying she'd seen a post from his wife saying she loved him, and the, the wife signed it off "booby," <laughs> and that was <laughs> that was Clint's name. And you know, he earned it and he rolled with it, whatever. But after the gig, we were hanging out, getting a few beers, whatever, and. These people stopped him from across the way shouting "booby." <laughs> they they recognised him as "booby." Oh, that's they got great. their photo. So, um, Lux Turner, let's just do a one eighty transition. Yeah, I'll get right into it. Did you did you watch any of the Howard Stern stuff out of interest when they played this little interview? I did. I did. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought James sounds great. That was. I mean, he sounds yeah. He sounds like black and whiskey, doesn't yeah. he? He sounds aged yeah. beautifully, like. Yeah, because, you yeah, know, they can do all kind of tricks in the studio and you hear the studio version and you're like, all right. But then you see him live and uh, on a Stern show, I'm like, man, he sounds he sounds great. He just sounds so good. And then I've seen a couple other of the live performances. And I mean, it's just it's incredible his age and everything, you know, how good he sounds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it is just unheard of really you know for i mean okay eddie's the obvious sort of comparison there perhaps as someone who again has just voices gotten richer and richer right but 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 yeah no no i mean james obviously requires even more kind of athletics and adrenaline right and 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 that that regime but but yeah also that stern interview is interesting because it's like he mentions lars mentions the the brave new world of music out there now where they release the song and a month later they hadn't played it live yet there was already stuff on YouTube of like an Australian right. band playing it and a Japanese one. And Lars is like name checking them so casually. He's like, I think they're called Damage Inc. I think they're called Italica. It's like, you know, my Yeah, man. he knows. You know, he's got the flags. So, and, and, and Het as well is really like buzzing off that fact. Yeah. Like, you know, and he's kind of, it's kind of giddy off it or whatever. But, but yeah, this is, I mean, I'll say it up top really, Brad. I, you know, 72 seasons as an album. Um, I'm not particularly bowled over by it. You know, I wouldn't say, you know, I listen to a lot of music new and old constantly, Spotify, playlists, recommendations, whatever. And there's always an album or two each week. I'm like, oh, this is great. 72 seasons hasn't been that. And I'm just at that point now, I accept it's not going to be that. However, there are a few songs on here that are shining stars, pun intended. And Lux Eterna certainly is that for me. It almost transcends being a metallic song. It's just like a great rock song. I can't get enough of this song. Yeah, it's definitely an outlier on the album. Um, and just less than nine minutes long, so immediately. It's definitely the shortest song on the album, and probably by half. Like all the other songs are way longer. Um, but yeah, it, 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 well, let me sit, let me go back to the album itself. I don't love it either. I like it a lot. And it's grown on me in the last uh, month or two that it's been out. But the first week or so of listening to it, um, it didn't immediately grab me. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it took me, it, it's kind of growing on me here here and there. But I will say, we'll, we'll get into Lux Eterna. I fucking love this song. It's 
maybe my favorite on the album mm. right now. Um, and like you said, it, it doesn't sound so much like recent Metallica. It it really sounds like those old covers like Diamond Head or Blitzkrieg, one of those bands that they covered back in the day in the early 80s. That It has that like swing to it that it's it just sounds like a cover of one of those old songs. Yeah, or just kill them all in general. Yeah. Like, several points in the song, I'm like, this is just Seek and Destroy right yeah. now. Like, this is just, you know, and, and, and that sort of stuff I just find... I mean, everyone has their Metallica, right? And it's like, I much prefer Kill 'em All over Load Reload. Like, you know, I just, I just, I just like guitar writing, yeah, basically. Yeah. You know, I like riffs, and I feel like that stuff's a lot more original on there. But yeah, into Lux. I mean, you know, seventy two seasons. It's interesting. It has a lot of flaws, but I feel like these almost work to its strength on this song. So I mean, we'll get to the guitar solo, but like <laughs> even the fact that you know, there's so many connecting little bits of tissue in each of these songs. And here we Lux Eterna. Even this song, which is properly cut to the bone, this doesn't start with a riff. This starts with a like it has a little intro to the riff. Yeah. But uh, you know, the way it crunches down, it slows down, it rings everything out. Those descending chord stabs. And then, Brad, when it gives way from that into kind of Lars's drums and James's feedback, it, it really feels like anything could happen right there. Yeah. Like it feels like the world kind of opens up. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, the, I for me as a kind of sort of drummer, I love mm. the double bass that's all over this song. Oh my god! It's in the cor- I think it goes throughout the chorus. It's just that straight up double bass, relentless. Yeah. Yeah, it throughout the chorus, and then it comes in and out at different points, and that's like the one. That's the big thing that sticks out to me, because I've always Lars is like one of two guys that as a as a kid, as a teenager, like that's what I want to do. I want to play drums like that, you know. Mm. So when the Black Album came out and Reload, and there wasn't a lot of that, you know, they really slowed things down. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, come on. Lars you know? had a cigar in his mouth, man. He had to be careful. He was like, you know, you know very leisurely. Like, he yeah. was buying some art with his other hand. Right. So he yeah. was just kind of like, yeah. But I know, should say at the same time, not being a very good drummer at the time, I could play a lot of those songs because there wasn't a lot of, you know, technical, thrashy, real fast double bass stuff no. going on. So I, I appreciated those albums for that. But I wanted more double bass, and, and this song is all over it. it. Yeah, it really is, and it does have that sort of pulsating rhythm. And as we leave that open yeah. intro section, we get into the main riff, which is kind of the epitome of Hetfield here. I'm sure this is kind of what his heartbeat sounds like. This, I mean, there's nothing here. It's so archetypal. It's so typical. It's almost so cliche. It feels fresh again. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, yeah. it's like it's just the kind of, you know, it's like it's it, it, respectfully. It could be on like a poor Motorhead song or a Saxon New Wave or whatever. You know, there's nothing really that is like, oh, this is like Sandman. This is like Bells. This is like real original punchy sort of stuff. This is just kind of simple shit, but. Yeah. Within this kind of domain, I think I think I think it rules really, and it's sincere, and they know what they're doing, and it doesn't feel pastiche, and it just it just grips you. It's just very very exciting music. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's almost like it was written 
back in the Kill 'Em All days, and they like time warp. Yeah, they brought it back, you know, <laughs> and like made it sound like. I uh, wish the whole album yeah, was like this. Yeah, I wish it was like a thirty minute. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. Just, that, see, that's like go. I know a lot of people have complained about the length of this album, and I'm like, that's one of the flaws to me is that yeah. it is very long and very long. You get into you know the first few songs. I love it. I'm into it. And then the next couple songs, it's like, okay, these are good. And then by like the sixth or seventh song, I'm just like, all right, enough. <laughs> yeah, the fatigue. Yeah. The fatigue certainly, yeah. certainly does kick on. And yeah, it's like, it's interesting because when I first heard this song, because this was the first single, it, I, I was like, yeah, sure. You know, like I just kind of, you know, I found it very disposable and a bit empty and a bit, you know, but now I find it quite indispensable. It's really, really grimy, actually. Mm. And, you know, again, it's kind of chock full of cliches, but none of them outstay their welcome. And for me, the power of the song is just the simple, effective layering. So even in the verse, you know, you have that... Very basic guitar chords there. Very basic rhythm, but superb in the pocket. James on top as well, with a quite a positive, almost like bouncy... Like, it's not a very dissonant, kind of harsh, death magnetic sort of vocal melody. It's kind of, you know, it's got this kind of... But it's just it's just the word choice, right? I mean, the anticipation, magnification, all generations. Like, none of it feels hammy. Like, it just... It feels quite... It's very fitting in, in in its way and very apt. And I don't feel like any words been wasted, but there's a lot of big words in there, you know. <laughs> yeah. The, I, I love it, man. I love, I, I, I love the lyrics. Um, mm. Because to me, this is like a love letter to the audience and a love letter yeah. to people. A sea of hearts. Yeah. A pe- people that mm-hmm. like to go to concerts and that's what it to me that's what that's how i read these lyrics this is like a post-covid-y kind of yeah yeah i could see that in there too yeah i could see that being in there too it's got that but but no you're right you're right and just even down to the pre pre pre-chorus the you know full speed or nothing and that sort of thing you know kind of evoking that whole kind of memory also obviously that's a line from motor breath as well right uh kill them all so it's kind of a nice little internal knob which they like to do and you know, hit the lights and yeah. all that sort of stuff and uh, King Nuffin, yeah. which you mentioned recently. But um, diction is a big strength of James. Is Sometimes, you know, for the most part, he's a genius with words. Don't get me wrong, I'm a big, big fan, of course. But, like, sometimes it's like on this album, you use the word misery again. It's yeah. like, bro, you've already, like, don't use the word angry, you know, <laughs> and so, so that's a little. But, however, this doesn't happen with this chorus, which locks a turner. What an interesting phrase. Like, he could have just called this song, like, you know, in hell or something. In, in hell. Yeah. It's like, but no, he calls it Lux Turner with that weird A yeah. little little marker. Lux Lux Anima. Like, <laughs> mm, I love it. I love it, man. And it's just like the chorus is literally Lux Turner, right. Lux Turner. Yeah, you know, it's not one of these kind of uh, you know, say anger master of words, whatever. This kind of you know, beautiful kind of symphony words. It's Lux Turner, Lux Turner. Yeah, that's all the song is very punchy. Um, you know, I, I, I love the chorus as well. Obviously, it's anthemic. It's it's metallic. It's what they do bloody yeah. best. Well, again, going back to like going to a concert and like singing your lungs out, like. Luxaterna, mm. like I could see the whole crowd, like take a deep ass breath and oh scream Luxaterna, you know, with him. God damn, it's a yeah, it's it's right. a cool chorus to scream out at a show. It is actually, it is yeah. Oh yeah, you know, I'm always singing it to myself. Yeah, along to it. Some of the song isn't even there, and he's like Luxaterna. Yeah. Like, you know, it feels good. But um, but 
But yeah, yeah, you know, it careens through. And as I said before, like certain things in the 72 seasons that I don't like, like Kirk's Wah. I think the Wah break here is really cool, actually. Oh, in this okay. Song. Yeah, I was really like, you know, curious to hear your take on the solo. I like it. It's just the kind of. All right, good. You know, <laughs> well, that, that early Wah break, wow. You know, he does the classic sort of open in the mouth, and then he just does a quick descending thing, and it's over. You know, there's no pattern, right. really. There's no. It's just. It's quite nice, actually. Like, I think I saw one of the comments on the Howard Stern video actually say, like, one of the top comments, like, a random war break in the first minute, how Metallica, and it, and it is, it's definitely their mode. Yeah. But I feel like here, rather than like some blooming fixer or something where like, you know, uh, I don't know, I, I think here, here it works a little better, but but yeah, we do we do get the chorus, but not, but before that we have that kind of, um, you know, that bam, 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 like that, that kind of movement there. Again, so much space. Love the extra chords they smash in as well. Mm. We're just going up the fretboard a little bit. Really, really satisfying stuff. But yeah, I mean, Kirk Solo, again, all the stuff that I've been pelting him for in the previous episodes and on load and reload and stuff, just the lack of imagination, the fact that it sounds like Lars on his iPad, you know, sort of thing. Like, it, it just kind of... That sort of salad doesn't really matter here. It's like Killamore-style solos were kind of spasmodic messes to a certain extent. They were more exciting back then because I think they sounded better back then. They the hands were younger back then. They were faster back then. It was right. all about the speed. And it was now new. It's not really it about was new the, at the time. Yeah, it was new. It was just the hot, the hot metal sound, you know. And you would just kind of like just whiz off down there, or whatever. And obviously, there were insane players back then. You know, I'm thinking like, um, uh, you know, fucking Chris Poland from mm-hmm. you know, Kerry King, whatever. Those are people, but it's like you know, it was kind of that, just kind of you know that blast. And let's not say he doesn't do anything here, and I think he just kind of he just wears the uh, the guitar hero cape quite fittingly. <laughs> yeah. really. I think he, I think he just sort of does does what it is. Yeah. Um, but but the star of this song, I mean, is is of course uh, Jimmy James. I oh think. yeah, definitely. No, but I'm glad to hear you like this solo because I have been. I don't mind this. I've been listening to the previous seventy two seasons episodes. Oh, yeah. And man, you you just. You go, you go hard uh, for, for Kirk's <laughs> solo. So I was getting ready for a fight for, you know, to, to no. argue how good the solo is. So I'm glad, no, no, no. I'm glad to hear like you it. like it. I do, I, like me and him have a kindred alliance connected inside, me and his solos yeah. do at least. <laughs> and, you know, even Sonic Salvation, which, again, okay, is a kind of goofy standard, yeah. you know, true believers <laughs> sort of phrase. But I do, uh, I, I do really like that. And again, the song really, you know, does not outstay its welcome at all. You know, it, it is breathless. Lightning the Nation as well is, uh, yeah, is great. A yeah. reference probably to Diamond Head, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty clearly, which I love that. It's so funny because Diamond Head are from kind of near where I'm from, sort of in a place called the Black Country. I used to go for swimming lessons there when I was a kid, this place called Stourbridge. That's a very just kind of collapsed place. Yeah. And it's just so funny to me that like, you know, I mean, I know millions of people live there, but. Just the fact that Diamond, like, am I evil in the prints? Right. <laughs> and helpless? Yeah. That, that we come yeah, up that way. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's electric as well. But, um, but, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, what, what, this song thing, what else about this song, Brad? Talk to me about this song. Uh, just a couple notes that I made. Like, the, the solo ends, and then they, they kind of do, um, there's like a, uh, they, there's like a bridge they do like a bridge and then it kind yeah. of song almost restarts, you know, that main riff restarts and that, that's that. I, I really like that. Um, and then the, the end of the song, there's like a false ending and mm-hmm. then we get some more of that double bass back into like the main riff uh, as an outro. 
and those 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 two things is they just sound so cool um when you know the false ending thing i always i, I like when when songs do that you know you're like oh it's over and then Lars starts doing that double bass kick again i'm like oh i love this so much it's uh, it's it's funny. Did you get did you get what he said at the end? Because I obviously Hetfield shouts something as the song collapses. But, he, but did you catch what he said? Uh, he says light it. He does say light it. How to look yeah, it up? And it makes sense yeah. that he says light it. But it it sounds almost like he's saying like milady. Like, light it. <laughs> like it's kind of it's very hard to actually deduce. Yeah, if you want to he, word he it, definitely like grunts that those two words out. Yeah, you know, scream, screams he's, it out. Man, it's just his, you know, I think the star of the album, even more than the fucking guitar playing for me, is Het singing. I think yeah. his, his singing is just so, so good for yeah. So clean, so clear, so gritty, though. Again, he's just having fun with these choruses. Years are being thrown in full speed. Like, he almost like, he, it's like he writes these choruses, these melodies, like an on-ramp for him to just yell. <laughs> like, yeah. like, he just like, yeah. full speed, on, nah, like, it's just, you yeah. know. Obviously, a master above master. Yeah, it's just, it, I mean, and Metallica is kind of known, he's known for... He's known for saying yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that too. <laughs> uh, but they're kind of known for darker material and uh, yeah. um, maybe here lately more like introspective lyrics, you know, a lot of the stuff that's gone on in his life. He's been real kind of... Uh, more personal with his lyrics but what i'm saying is this song is not like that this song is just fun it's got like yeah. it's it's got like that thrashy swing and the lyrics mm -hmm. the lyrics are very like uh light i don't know how to say it like that yeah no they're know? never alive more than right yeah, here that, tonight. That like is, it's a very, yeah, yeah that is awesome and to like i said make make you feel like you're uh the feelings you get when you're at a concert when you're in the moment with a giant group of people, the Metallica family, you know, oh, yeah. uh, and like, you know, James will say like, do you feel alive that never alive more than right here tonight? I mean, those are, those, those lyrics are just, I, I love, I just love this song so much. No, I do as well. I do as well on, on, on so many levels. And it's funny you mentioned that about the tone of the track because yeah, Het did say, um, he, he described the song as quote, an upbeat kind of fast and joyous song. And he described it as also a new wave of British yes. song. Okay, you know, nice to hear him sort of acknowledge yeah. that. But I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. <laughs> like, obviously, it has that sort of thing to it. But um, I thought this <laughs> was interesting, uh, Brad. With your, I think we have sort of similar tastes in terms of uh, a day to remember, for example. I yeah, know, I know you're a big fan of day to remember, and they were. Um, I, I mean, I love Homesick, and for those who have heart, they're second and third albums. They were like yeah. seminal albums for me. I, I remember being in like when I was 17 when Homesick came out. Like that was. Yeah, that is an amazing record, and they are yeah insanely good band. So, um, this critic John Hadusek, a consequence, uh, said that Hardwired he hears, um, you know, thrash in it, but also pop punk. Do you hear any pop punk in this tune, Lux? Ooh, you know, it's got a, I, no, I guess a little. I, I, couldn't, I, I couldn't put, you know what I, I mean? It's like I don't. I mean, uh, no. I I I'd have to listen Het to is it like, with that no. in mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I just, I, I think he just means in the sort of buoyancy of it, and the fact that it's heavy, but it's positive. Yeah. Probably what he's okay. Sort of yeah, at, that I can you know? see. Which is, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it's like, 
I wouldn't say hardwired had like a sort of joyous element to it. No. Whereas I do <laughs> do definitely think, but they're kind of similar-ish songs, kind of three-minute, kind of thrashy boppers. But 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 yeah, no, I think I think really, yeah, that is that is the essence of why it's connected with so many people, myself included, including you as well. That, that it just has that sort of uplift to it, doesn't it? it yeah. Has that sort of vaunted, yeah. vaunted element to it. And um, the song caused a little bit of controversy when it came out. Um, in terms of Kirk, who I've been mercifully li- mercifully <laughs> mercifully light on in this episode but um i don't know if you caught this but like basically when the single came out there were loads of critics of his solo and people were sort of saying what i say genuinely in the episode like you know it's kind of in- indulgent and sort of boring and you know it's kind of beneath him sort of thing and um kirk actually like called out his critics he says the only guys out there who i think convincingly play arpeggios as a means of expression are joe satriani ingve and paul gilbert hmm so, Kirk, just are you a fan of any of those three guys? I'm quite a big fan of them all. Uh, Satriani, I love. Yeah, and it's funny oh you mentioned God. him. I, I went down a YouTube rabbit hole the last few weeks. I've just been watching a ton of his mm. live stuff. Uh, uh, live in uh, live in San Francisco, I seem to remember yeah, a really good live yeah. disc from like 2000 I yeah. think, or something. Yeah, that. No, he's yeah. He like I've probably inadvertently listened to most of his stuff. Less of his probably the last ten years. I'm not very clued. Yeah, on. I'm the same way. Oh. But like, man, those first five or six albums, and he put out a live album. Oh my god! Well, it was like a time machine, yeah, yeah, time machine. It's like a live album, time and then machine. a bunch of like unreleased stuff, um, which are both with both both albums are great. I uh, I wanted to like Chicken Foot. I liked everyone involved, yeah, including Satriani and Hagar and Michael Anthony and Chad. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I just wanted, I, I wanted to be a fan. <laughs> I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's annoying Chicken Foot if you have two albums and you call your second album Chicken Foot Free oh, after the first one's called yeah. Chicken Foot. They just, they're just playing with the people, Brad, and that, that, didn't, that didn't help. But, um, but, but yeah, lo- <laughs> not talking about Chicken Foot. We're talking about Lux yeah. Turner. But Ing- and, Ingve, you know, who else did you say? You said Ingve and... Ingve and Paul Gilbert. Yeah, yeah, Paul yeah. I, I, I'm, aware, Mr. I'm aware of both of them, but I, I don't think I've ever... <gasps> you don't know Mr. Big? I do know like... Mr. Big, but I only know like okay, you know the them, one yeah. song. I actually, I heard it today. I, I actually got, I got back in the truck at work and that, that uh, oh, uh, is it, I'm the one that, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Which, uh, I don't know. Banger. Huh? It's a good song. I was, it's a banger. I, I think about this all the time, and I don't know if we can get X-rated on your show, but like we can, we can, we can, we can indeed. That, that yep. song, we if you indeed. listen to it, it sounds like it's a dude that's in love with a girl that, and he's in line for her for yeah. her gangbang. <laughs> <laughs> so if you listen, even without that implication, if you listen to the lyrics next time with that in mind, that's that's what it's about. <sighs> No, I, I mean, <laughs> no, you're right. I think you're right. But even even in an innocent Disney reading of it, it's still weird. It's like yeah. other men are gonna love you, and you're gonna love them. Yeah, I'm just gonna like chill. I'm just waiting in like, line. Like what? It, on the <laughs> waiting on that line. So uh, yeah, but, I mean, Paul, Paul Gilbert, um, his solo career as well is is absolutely exceptional. Uh, but 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 yeah, again, Lux. We are, you know, I think I think we've sort of said all there is to say on this tune. And again, it's been being played live. As well, yeah. we are very early into their into their run, but already it's being aired out there. And like, dare I call it a staple? Like, I actually would call it a modern Metallica classic. Actually, I'd yeah, say this very this song I, definitely needs to be played yeah. live during this this next two years of them touring. Oh God, yeah. Oh come on, yeah. Like every show. 
well, that's the thing, though. It has to be different every night. So it's yeah. like... Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, but luck should should be the exception. Yeah. It's like... Well, it looks the like they're one, playing yeah. three songs from 72 seasons at, yeah. at, uh, each night. So this has definitely got to be one of them. No, no, certainly, certainly we'll get out there. So um, again, guys, you know, I want to urge you to get in touch with me, MetallicaPod at gmail.com uh, if you want to come on the show as well. Follow us at MetallicaPod. Patreon is there if you want to support, if you want to give back, if you want to listen to the next episode of the show right now. Uh, we will be looking forward to, God, what are we doing? What's the next one on Lux's turn? I know everyone's screaming at me now. It is Crown of Barbed Wire. <laughs> Crown of Barbed Wire is uh, is fast fast coming, fast approaching. Mm. So we're chasing light here. Shadows follow. <laughs> These are 72 seasons references. So again, um, check, out, check us out. Check out the archive. Check out Single Podcast Theory because... You know, I love that show, man, and I want to give plaudits to it because I'm a big Pearl Jam head. Actually, I, I, you know, I'm not like yourself, but like I know all the albums quite well. And I, you know, I had a big Pearl Jam fan. Yeah. And I, I saw them in Reading in 2006, like on the Avocado. Tour, oh wow! Like, you know, uh, I actually went on uh, live on Four Legs, and we covered that as oh, well. Oh, cool! With uh, Randy and and John. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Fuck yeah! No, check out that podcast as well. But um, what 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 would you urge people to check out of yours? What would you? Oh man! So yeah, single podcast theory. I mean, mm. I'm I'm that, that's about it. <laughs> I uh, I'm on I'm on. <laughs> it's a good it's a good hit. You know. <laughs> I'm on I'm on Instagram, but I I really don't post that often. So and when I yeah. do, it's usually no, that, that's how I know you follow data. Remember? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's getting this vibe. I'm like, oh, yeah, I just I them. just got uh, what separates you from me the other day for my birthday. Oh. So I'm almost. Oh, they just re-released uh, for those who have heart on vinyl, mm. so okay. it's uh, for for pre-order. I guess it doesn't come out for a few months, but I I got on that real quick because the the old one, like the ones, you know, you can't find it anywhere, and they're super expensive online. So yeah, when they when they release that, I'm like, hell yeah, I need one of those. So, but yeah, that's my Instagram is basically like every time I get an album, I'll I'll put it up on Instagram. So. <laughs> There's not a lot going on there. Well, but yeah, good, if someone no, wants um, to, you know, like one of my posts, I'm, I'm all for it. Hey! <laughs> no, I think you're being, uh, you're being a little bashful with single podcasts for everything. It is a great bastion of, obviously, of, you know, you and uh, you and the other brand just going yeah. from PJ. Well, I, pre- I appreciate you saying that. I, I, you know, like I said, there's no drama. I wish, I wish no. we were still doing it right now. It was doing those episodes with brad is some of the you know funnest times of my life you know so it was it was like this giant hit wasn't it it like connected with the community uh, i remember and it was yeah like this, i mean it, I, I say giant but you know what i mean it seemed yeah. to like you had dedicated yeah fans definitely oh yeah, was, we've, yeah we've, was, we've got a lot of really cool listeners that would write in and i've met a bunch of them at, at various shows oh, um yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the thing you're always gonna be at shows yeah oh yeah so, i'm going yeah, to gonna... uh chicago night two pearl jam so you're gonna ride the road. Yeah, no, that's, that's what you Pearl Jam guys like to say. Uh, I think um, actually we're sitting behind the stage. Are you gonna have your bird watching guide and be like, "Oh my god, he played Mortality <laughs> the second verse"? Well, yeah, he's wearing a Mookie Blaylock shirt. That must mean something. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that this band. They're like one of those one of those rare bands, like Grateful Dead or something. Yeah. Just inspire this. Well, that's totally a, that's the funny level, thing. Yeah. I I thought that I was a huge Pearl Jam fan. Oh, you never. But yet. I've I've met 
huge Pearl Jam fans, and I am not a huge Pearl Jam How, fan. What made them? What made them? Because obviously, I regard you as a huge fan. So, what happened that you were like, I know nothing? Uh, I, well, I didn't say that. I think I know pretty no. much what the the huge. Sure, sure. But I, what would make you just quiver? You're like, hang on. The, <laughs> the ones that um, go to every show and they're out there camping out to get the rail every time. Um, been to you know seventy five, a hundred shows that you know, and listen. And I mean, I I don't listen to Pearl Jam every day. You know what I'm saying? Um, every day. But these people, they they do, and I'm like, that's fine. Like if that's what you're into, that's cool. Um, I love those albums, you know. But I I I, I can't do it every day, you know. That is a little those th- that's a huge that's a huge Pearl Jam fan. Interesting though, because Pearl Jam feed that fan base by touring quite heavily in America yeah. and playing a lot of big places, and mm-hmm. it's yeah, it is. It, 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 yeah, I, I I can't get enough. That's kind of reason why I liked your podcast and live for less. Because I think there was like an episode where you went to Wrigley, yeah. and you like gave like a big recap. I remember that was like a good. That's... It's weird, man. I remember I was living in Oxford at the time, like cycling to work, listening to it, and it's like <laughs> it's just imprinted in my brain. <laughs> that's one. That's one that uh, people mention a lot because. Yeah, that was literally like. I felt it was quite candid. It was quite yeah, eye-opening. The, not not in a bad way. I wasn't like, oh fuck, Brad B. I was, but, no, dude, was we like, were you, we you, were. You painted the reality of it like just just waiting around for hours. It was like. the show ended, and we literally like left Wrigley, went across the street, got in the car, and recorded our super hyper excited, you know, reaction directly after the show. And I think a lot of people just uh, really latched on. They could hear the excitement in our voices. I need to go back. <laughs> yeah, go I should back. listen to that one. I haven't listened to it in a while. I should listen to that one. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess, I guess, just to close, I was always bitter that I wasn't invited on. So oh, I, I, fe- I felt we could have done a really good Green River episode. I yeah, thought that that was in me. <laughs> I needed to talk about Stone's early riffs, like, <laughs> but. But yeah, no, Brad as well. Obviously, you're called. Cool. Did you ever co- do you ever cover? You're both called Brad. Yeah, you cover Pearl Jam. Stone Gossip was also in a band called oh, Brad. Oh yeah, did we you, did an did we that, did a that we up, did an episode on Brad. You did a Brad. Cast? Yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. Oh my, that is okay. That and Wrigley. I will I will seek them out. But no, Brad, this has been a lot of fun, man. I was I'm really glad to have uh, gotten you back on and to get chatting about music. Yeah, I love I love talking music and Metallica in particular. So I, I really appreciate you thinking of me for this. Of course, of course. And again, I want to put, point people to a single podcast theory and all the episodes of Metal Your Podcast that Brad B was on. Yeah. And we spoke about Helpless and uh, you know any other and uh, Live on Four Legs mentioned as well. And there's lots of great podcasts out there. Yeah, I did an I, so, I did an episode with Ethan a couple weeks, maybe last week. That's that will be next week's episode. He he just announced oh. it today, so yeah, that'll be. That'll what do be you fun. What do you cover? We're doing um, what is it called? The big explore the big four. I don't want to give it away, which album okay, we did, okay. but yeah. All right, all right. Well, yeah, go check that out there. And I've been Tom. I'll be back next week for more Alpha Metallica. Thanks again, Brad. Cheers. Thank you, Tom. <laughs>